Alrighty, back for another week of the Sports Booth Podcast. I am here with my co-host, Husey, in his best party G'day. shirt. How are you, Husey? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, with the sunflower shirt, representing summer. Nice and bright out today, which I looked at forlornly out of my window while I was working. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just something a bit festive, you know, sort of a little bit, you know, kind of, it's, it's good. It sort of shows our roles, you know, I'm the light. You're the dark. You know, <laughs> you know you're all black. So you got the dark shirt on. I'm the wallabies, the good guys. So oh, the, the good guys. Shirt, you know. you're you're definitely the yeah, bad the guys. guys. You are the bad guys in the in the rugby world. <laughs> yeah, I've ever seen it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, a, a great week. Uh, obviously, culminated today. Tremendous week today with the American football. Um, yeah. But I guess there was uh, quite a lot to talk about. Um, we'll get into the, the football very soon. Um, obviously, let's start with. Your your goat's retirement. Let's say I'm going to call him your goat because yep. I'm assuming to you him he's your yep. goat, and then the actual goat's for, potential uh, for retirement <laughs> for the Steelers. Yes. Yep. So yeah, for the Steelers, I think sort of I would actually say he's the greatest Steeler of all time because the greatest Steeler of all time is uh, Joe Green. He's one of only two Steelers that have their number officially retired because he his drafting in 1969 turned the franchise around he changed the tone of the franchise so arguably to me he's the greatest stealer of all time ben close number two though um, greatest yeah, stealer, greatest stealer of this stealer. generation i'd say definitely yeah, I, yeah you're not going to see yeah and, and it's hard to say there's been so many you know troy polamalu's in there james harrison as definitely well make arguments but, for them. yeah the, you know the, yeah the you know the person that gets into those situations was ben you know 18 years all for one team the only quarterback to ever do that like yeah Brady played for I think the same number or one more year for the Patriots but he then obviously has gone to Tampa Bay um and yeah rumors swirling potential confirmation but then there was like confirmed Brady's retiring and then reports coming out saying no he's actually not retiring so who knows what that would yet to be determined and yeah there's been a lot like after the initial round of tweets there's been just like silence mm-hmm. on it so that's leading me to believe that it's like it's it's not happening or at least it's not a it's not official yet and um someone shot their mouth off when they shouldn't um so we'll see i think it would be very brady like for his uh retirement to be announced and then for him to be like no i'm coming back like i'm i'm playing another year so and i think he's still got enough left in the tank to do it like definitely arguably like he just he needs to adapt his game a little a bit better and even saying that you know he got to the playoffs this year divisional round against a team that's now going to the Super Bowl so it's it's you know it's not like he played horribly he's still got it he's still better than most quarterbacks in the league he led the league in passing yards at 44 years old so you know he's, <laughs> he's still got it he's he's I, I I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we see him play another year uh Ben leaving though obviously official retirement very sad a lot of people come out of the woodwork to congratulate him on a great career and you go back and watch some of the highlights of him playing and um you know, you've got the the negative side of it, which is like, man, I could see why he retired this year. He just looks like a different player. But then you see, like, he it's actually like tied for the league lead, like NFL history lead for comeback wins with Peyton Manning at 53, I think. And you watch some of the games he came back, at, and you watch even like the games this year that he almost came all the way back in, like the game against the Chargers and the game against the Vikings, and the games like he did pull off comebacks in as well. And you just think, like, man, that is such a elite trait that comeback mentality and be able to lead the team like that and some of the plays he made when he was younger and this is even like only like three or four years ago it's really that elbow surgery the elbow injury that just, just made him down. drop off a cliff mm-hmm. and um yeah it's just tremendous and watching some of the throws he did to antonio brown he still holds the league record for you know 12 touchdowns in two games like that's crazy i remember watching those two games six touchdowns in both games incredible incredible football player and yeah big question mark now over the Steelers for the offseason got a lot of cap room so lots of interesting developments there and with the Bengals uh with the things why the way things have gone with them two additional Steelers have been named to the Pro Bowl in Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson so they've got talent on the offensive side there's offensive linemen out there in the draft to pick up and free agency quarterbacks out there got the draft capital and so, and Kevin Colbert, the longtime general manager, is also retiring after the draft. So he's going to have a hand in this draft. But 
essentially I think whoever the next general manager is going to be is going to have a pretty significant stake in it and more than likely it's going to be someone in-house as well and uh, another big development for, for Steelers fans out there uh, Mike Munchak the former offensive line coach who is the current offensive line coach in Denver is not being retained by the new coaching staff in Denver so a lot of Steelers fans are calling for him to come back because that was when the Steelers offensive line was the top of the NFL was with him coaching so I certainly have my fingers crossed that um, Mike Tomlin can lure him back apparently some insiders have said they've already had a conversation so I uh, that would be yeah that would be the the top offseason move for the Steelers for me if they managed to lure Mike Munchak back would be incredible but Still got question marks over quarterback, question marks over offensive, defensive line. So many things yet to be determined. So, uh, you know me. I'll keep everyone up to date over the offseason with dealers, news, and developments because it's the most important team. The, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Lordy. Yes, uh, yes. I've, I've heard about 100 times now how important of a, a, a season this is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but I guess. I agree with you definitely on the uh, Tom Brady front. I think if anyone's announcing his retirement, he's going to make it a big show. I think it was—it yeah. just had me laughing that it was like even the NFL was tweeting it. Like, yeah, like what? Like, you, <laughs> yeah, just mind, mind blowing. But yes, I think I think he'll be back another year. I, again, there is talks around Bucks having trouble with cap space, God, Goodwin not coming back, this that. Uh, I think. He still goes, oh, you know what, I can do this for one more year, pad those stats for another, but yeah. if I win another championship, I win another championship. If I don't, I don't. Um, and kind of go. He's got to be pissed off about, like, I remember in our predictions for the division round, I was like, Tom Brady losing in the divisional round is just wrong. I feel like him ending his career on a divisional round loss like that is just like, that's so weird. Like, it's like when he, his last game in New England, he his last throw was an interception against the Titans. It's like, that just feels wrong mm-hmm. for him, for that to be the end of his career. So, yeah, I think I feel like mm-hmm. he's he, he's going to go out a bit better than that in a Super Bowl. I, win or loss, I think he's he wants to get back to the Super Bowl and win or lose after the Super Bowl, he'll he'll retire. Yeah, I think I think I can imagine a like a, a kind of a swan song year. You know, like a this is it. This is going to be my last year. You know. T- tickets to the to any Tampa Bay game is going to be you know double the price. It's going to be like Kobe's last year. They're just going to go in those last couple of games, throw the ball as many times as you want, as long as they're you know playoff contention and stuff, and they've locked up a playoff place. They'll say pad those yeah. stats, you know, break maybe the record for the most yards in the season, do something crazy at forty five, tick all those boxes, and then right off to the sunset. So I I I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, and he just goes, you know what, this is my last year. Everyone enjoy it. You know, love what you've I've given able to give to the sport, and, and there we go. So yeah, I think I see that happening. He's making too much money off crypto ads. Anyway. <laughs> he's, he's making too much money. Uh, that wasn't the only sport we had. Obviously, football is dominating, definitely not. D- dominating the world at the moment. But the Australian Open, Novak, no problem. Yeah. You know, it wasn't after after we got underway. Well, a roller coaster of just. I guess great tennis and just Australian spirit, you'd have to say, as an Australian. I'd have to say as well that Husey got another prediction right. I did call Rafa to uh, to win the Australian Open. I didn't get the didn't get the women's right. Yes. Uh, I think you got the women's right with predicting... I said Ash Barty was well, going to... She said in the final, she was, I said an Australian was going to win, and then I said it wasn't going to be Ash Barty, yeah. but I said she'd make the final. You said she was, she, you said she was going to get to the final. Yeah. Um, so well, we'll give you that. It's like half a point there. <laughs> I need um, all the points I can get. <laughs> yeah, too true. too true. But I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I think uh, the, the men's doubles as well really, uh, really was, I mean, it's an amazing part of the tournament and watching their rallies. Uh, like I watched part of the, um, the, the doubles finals and I'm not going to att- attempt to pronounce the, the various last names there. Just the one that Kyrgios played. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, and all Australian doubles final was amazing. Uh, and just the, the way the crowd got into it, I think that's a really cool thing to see. The I think that's something that's going to be pretty unique to an Australian crowd is how rowdy we can get in a crowd setting. You know, Wimbledon's all very proper and everyone all has to wear all white and whatnot. It's all very bound up with tradition. And then we got here in Australia cheering on the crowd being a factor, which it is in other sports, and you know having that home field advantage, and that's what I loved. I loved the the storyline that with like Medvedev came out, like you know the, the Australian crowd needs to be more respectful and things like that. And it's like, 
no we don't we could do whatever we want we you know the crowd are the ones that support the sport the crowd the people the fans pay your bills so um, yeah i think i definitely you know, the, i think the tone was set when when novak was declined it was kind of like australia against tennis just about a little bit you know what i mean like and even with nick Krios, you know standing up for for novak at a point it wasn't like it was like you know what? We this is our Australian Open. You know, no one else is ruining this for us. We're we're going to do yeah. this our way. And I think, obviously, Ash Barty does it in her way. But I think um, Nick oh. Nick Nick gets the crowd going. Like, don't get me wrong. And and yeah. funny story as well. Obviously, New Zealand have played them in the semi final. Michael Venus um, had a little pot shot at Nick, saying how unprofessional he is. Ruddy Rara. That is the best thing you can do, I think, if you're anyone outside of... He's ranked like 250 in singles, so he's a doubles player to ever be yeah. doubles. You go at Nick and you just go at him, and you try and make this a storyline. You want, again, like yeah. very much like the golf was um, with... Uh, oh, I've forgotten the name, but the, the two golfers... Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two golfers, um, and I'll have to play a clip if I put this into a clip, where they... Yep. they a feud, even if, you, if it's a fake feud, if, it, if it's a feud, it gets people talking. And if you oh, if you yeah. act like you don't 100%. like people and, and this and that, and and like you said with Medvedev, it was it was kind of became a feud between him and the crowd, and with Nadal making yeah. the comeback and everything like that. It was just it was it was I don't want to say a circus because I think that's the wrong term, but it was it was it was a theatre. It was there was so many yeah. moving pieces, and you were like it was Hold. entertainment, yes, definitely. And is exactly what yeah. it was. It was entertainment, and 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 at the highest pinnacle of it, like that's what I thought was fantastic. As much as how crazy it got and how crazy the two the, the, the men's doubles was, they were playing good tennis. You can't they 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 were yeah. that was that was that was half of the reason they were there. Like if they got knocked out, the storyline wouldn't have been been there same with Ash Barty if she gets knocked out the story's not lying it was great tennis all round same with Nadal same with Medvedev even Medvedev playing a little bit of the villain he played fantastic played all yeah. had you know had it won had it won and then Nadal did Nadal but yeah, yeah a fantastic fantastic Australian Open and yeah I mean we haven't even really talked that much about uh, Ash Barty because of her pure dominance you know didn't drop a set the entire tournament like that's incredible firmly Firmly retaining her spot as the world number one, and you know it's it's sort of difficult because at the moment you sort of look at the the field and it's like, and I was having this conversation the other day. It's like you know sort of back in the day with, uh, you know when Serena and Venus Williams were at the height. You also had you know Sharapova and a few more other people out there like contending for that spot. At the moment, it just seems to be just Ash Barty. You know Naomi Osaka's there, but she's inconsistent in and out, um, dealing with her issues. It seems like women's tennis at the moment is Barty's world and you know as an Australian that's great to have you know someone like that being the superstar of the sport just dominating but you know I'd like to see like you said even not not even a few but like a rivalry like someone that can challenge her to push her even further and to make it you know even more entertaining um and yeah overall I agree with all of your sentiments there about it being entertainment and having those rivalries and those feuds even if they're slightly manufactured it's a reason wrestling is so popular like it's all <laughs> scripted but people in love it people love those feuds it's why rivalry it's why State of Origin gets the most viewing of any Australian television event every single year because of the rivalry there yeah. uh, and you know, it's the same with other, you know, like other sports as well. Rivalry games, local derbies in the EPL, uh, you know, the, the division rivalry games in American football and stuff like those, that. That rivalry, that, you know, the extra feeling against the other team just makes it so much better to watch. Makes every play that much more impactful, and that's what makes sport so great. You know, Wallabies versus All Blacks. <laughs> I was going to say know, that Waratahs versus Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Wallabies versus All Blacks, but someone scripted like twenty years in a row of a win. It takes yeah, away a bit yeah. of the rivalry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I disagree because it's the same as like, it, it's the same, but just extended of the Blues versus the Reds, where the Reds won eight series in a row. It's just going to make it that much more impactful when the drought is When broken, it happens, you know, but it's like, got to happen, and I haven't seen it look like it's happening for a while, Hughie. That's the, that's the issue. That, this that's, is, that's, you're going to become the Chicago Cubs of sport, you know, and just yeah. destined to never win it. And then, but eventually, no, but eventually it happens. <laughs> but it, eventually it, it happens. scares me that this will never happen. It does. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing, is that, you know, 
probability, the mathematics of probability say eventually it happens. <laughs> Unless for whatever reason, oh. rugby is cancelled next to you. Like, rugby just, we just not playing rugby anymore. Eventually it's going to happen. So. Spoken, and spoken think, like a true Wallabies fan. Mathematically, yeah. it has to happen at some point. <laughs> it has to happen at some point. So, look, I think that'll, when it does happen, it'll make it that much more impactful. And there'll be some, there are players that played their whole career without ever seeing it uh, one. And those players are going to be just as emotional as the players that do eventually break the drought. And it's going to be, it's going to make the series even that much more ferocious because the All Blacks team that loses that series oh. is going to have forever have a chip on their shoulder as being we're the ones that you know we dropped the torch, we 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 broke the street, we let the we let the nation down. Like hmm. this is the only thing New Zealand's got going for it is the All Blacks. <laughs> we let it down, so. Oh wow! Alrighty, but hey, hey, yes, yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, a couple other mm. events in sport. BPL finished up kind of a, with an, an underwhelming final, but a well-deserved yeah. winner um, was kind of the way I put it, where Scorchers won yeah. against an undermanned Sixers team. Um, and I just, I just, I can't fathom why you wouldn't let Steve Smith play that game. But hey, even yeah, uh, it was yeah, there was there. I get rules are rules and, and you sticklers for it, but surely you want the biggest cricketer playing in the biggest moments on the biggest stage yeah I don't know I mean I'm biased as a Sixers fan and I would definitely agree with that but yeah you know it yeah it's it's a bit I think it's a bit of residual carrying over from his you know it's just it's just his stigma and stuff yeah. like that as well I don't know like it just, uh, yeah it's, it's I don't want to get into yeah. it it's just it, it's it's it made it less entertaining for me definitely. it made it less entertaining it, for it, everyone it was not as an enjoyable yeah. 100% yeah. like if he had been allowed to play and the Scorchers had welcomed it as a challenge, it would have made, it yeah. would have hyped that up even more. Like, you know what I mean? Even if the Scorchers had gone, we hate yous, damn you, twisting the rules yeah. and stuff like that, there's still entertainment there. So, I don't know, I think, I think the Scorchers were good enough to probably win it even with Steve Smith in there. Let's not get that wrong. But, yeah, um, probably. But, yeah, fantastic way to finish the season. A very short season, but at least we got some BPL, uh, which I think was, was quality. Uh, especially for yep. Australia going into a T20 well, company rank hosted. Uh, it was it was much needed, and then lastly, uh, obviously the announcement of Ty Tuivasa, Bam Bam, aka Husey, uh, versus Derek Lewis um, and the UFC. Uh, so that's his big shot. If he can win that, he sends himself through to to the title, um, to a title yeah. challenge at least, and in, in, in that contention. So. Hopefully, we'll keep covering that, but hopefully he does win that. That would be huge for the sport in Australia um, as we build into probably the biggest fight in Australia and New Zealand with Whitaker Adesanya um, coming yeah. up. Some of you might have seen the um, <laughs> FaceTime call uh, we posted uh, earlier with uh, the, you know, the call between Luke and, and Greg Hardy about me slash bam bam so if you haven't watched that go and go and check that out it's definitely worse yeah, it's, it's, it's a, worth a watch of of um hey, let's yeah. just say greg wasn't happy he said some he said some rude words he was not was and yeah i hang up at the end of the day i don't take it that personally <laughs> because you know it, it, it's this it's the spirit of competition it's the fire of uh, a fellow competitor coming through uh, he's, he's passionate i'll say that about him he's passionate you know sometimes misplaced but he's passionate so yeah. Excellent. Let's go straight into our NFL championship round. Yep. Okay. Wow. I. Yeah. It's painful for me, <laughs> the, the Bengals, to be representing the AFC. Like, I'm gonna have to spend all of next year dealing with Bengals fans being like, "Oh, we went to the Super Bowl. We went to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. We. So what? We've been there eight times. Like, congratulations. It's taken you th- 40 years to get back there. <laughs> so getting getting into the game now after just had to get to emotion out. <laughs> had to throw up a little bit. Had to throw up a little bit thinking about that game. Look, man. I mean, I watched I watched the game sort of in two different parts and then went back and watched parts of it later. So the first part I watched, I watched the Chiefs go up twenty-one to three, and I'm like, fantastic. Bengals being exposed. Pat Mahomes doing what he does, tearing up an opposing team. You know, Kelsey's contributing, Tyreek Hill's contributing. You know, we're, we're all good. Turn off the game for a little bit, you know, do the stuff I gotta do, turn it back on. The next thing I know, I'm watching the Bengals tied up at 21 all. And I'm just sitting here like, Lord Jesus, what is going on? 
And what happened was it was it was an ugly game by uh, Patrick Mahomes' standard. So prior to this postseason, Patrick Mahomes had never thrown an interception at home in the playoffs. Against the Steelers, he threw one. It was a t- it was a tipped ball, but still an interception. And in this game, he's thrown two. So turnovers definitely the story of this one, particularly in overtime. So. The game was sent to overtime. A clutch last-minute drive by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to tie the game up at 24-all. They win the coin toss. Josh Allen from the Bills actually tweeted out <laughs> pain when he saw the Chiefs uh, win the coin flip because he's like, oh, it's going to happen again for to the Bengals this time. Uh, but in that overtime, Mahomes, he made a poor decision. He threw it into double coverage, and it was tipped off of Tyreek Hill and intercepted by the Bengals. And Joe Burrow, to you know, his credit, he drove down, put his kicker into field goal range, and history was made and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl uh, look whatever the Bengals did at halftime to change their defense was it was the right move yeah. because they, they the Chiefs then scored three points in essentially two and a half more quarters because you got the two last quarters game in overtime for my mind the questions now must arise for the, for the Chiefs because this is twice this year they've been exposed by the Bengals like this and Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy are fantastic offensive minds, and they should be able to make those adjustments. So, I think questions are going to be raised internally at the Chiefs about, okay, what have we got to change so that we can stop becoming so predictable? And you would think that it would be difficult to do. You know, they have so many weapons across the board. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute freak. That first touchdown pass he threw to Tyreek Hill, absolutely insane. Running like sprinting as fast as he could sprint. He can't sprint that fast, but sprinting as fast as Mahomes can sprint out to the side. Sidearm chuck over the top of defenders to where only Hill could grab it, and Hill make a fantastic catch to back of the end zone. It's like, how do you stop these guys? And somehow they did. The Chiefs, you know, weren't playing to their strengths. And look, you have to unfortunately bring it back to something that's plagued the Bills this year, and it's the lack of being able to establish a running game to chew down some clock. Their the leading rusher of the game was Jarek McKinnon, who is not a grinded out back. He is a he's a scat back. He's a quick back. And he had 65 yards. Not a bad average, but you're never going to be able to gain sort of like the really hard yards between the tackles with him. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So yep. I'm trying to make sure you I pronounce that right. <laughs> Six rushes for 36 yards. That's a good average. Uh, I think he got injured during the game. I'm not sure, but I feel like the Chiefs need to go out and get a bit more of a bruising back because Edwards Hilaire is not that bruising man like he's their feature back but I feel like they need a bit of a like a bigger dude yeah. like or just someone that just does a bit of that punishment James Connor took on that role really well for Arizona this year on a very very affordable deal for the Cardinals so and he had a fantastic season like he had possibly his most productive season even more productive than the season he went to the Pro Bowl for the Steelers so I feel like there's those backs out there in free agency that they could they could pick up the, the titans they've got derrick henry and donta foreman donta foreman took on derrick henry's role exceptionally well during the season see if you can go out and get him find someone in the draft don't need to find someone in the first round we saw this year you know the best back out of this draft was Najee harris round one by the steelers and he is he's he played more offensive steps than anyone else uh any other running back in football and i think led all positions other than quarterbacks in terms of offensive snaps played so you, you don't, but you don't need that. What we've seen is you don't need that. If you look at the Bengals, Joe Mixon, he's not there. He, he's their feature back, sure, but he's not on the field all the time. You can all, they've subbed him in with, uh, I believe, Samaje Piran yeah. has, has gone in there as well. You look at uh, the, the Rams, you know, Cam Akers is their feature back, but they also have Sony Michelle and they had Darnell Henderson in there for a while. So you can have that style of running back, and yes, yeah, sure, it helps but you don't need to invest that capital into it if you don't want to build that way. And the Chiefs don't need to build that way because you have got a Patrick Mahomes, right? You look at the Titans of the Colts who, and the Steelers at quarterback this year. Who do they have? Ben Roethlisberger, 39 years old, can't throw the ball that deep. Colts, Carson Wentz, inconsistent. Ryan Tannehill, inconsistent. And what did both of them do? They choked in the big moments, right? Now, Patrick Mahomes is not going to choke in the big moments. He will make mistakes in the big moments, but he's not going to... He's not going to He's proven. He's got his credentials, right? He's won his Super Bowl. He's been to uh, to two Super Bowls. Been to four straight AFC Championship games, right? But he needs some of those complimentary pieces around him. Even Tom Brady has shown he needs complimentary pieces about him. He can't do it all on his own. 
the best success New England had in their Super Bowl era was based on really great defense and a great running game. You know, uh, God, who is the running back? I'm going to, LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> One of the best years that the Patriots had was with LeGarrette Blunt coming in at running back. Big steamrolling back who will just grind into defenders and wear them down. And that's what I think the Chiefs need to go to that next level, as well as some additional pieces on defense. But we talked a lot about the Chiefs. On the Bengals side of things, Joe Burrow is everything that the Bengals wanted and more out of a first overall pick. And uh, he's they had some uh, crazy stat. Like, he's the only first overall pick to uh, play in a championship game in his first two years and now the first one to go to a Super Bowl. I'm going to throw two more crazy stats at you. There are only three quarterbacks in history that have uh, won a college football championship game and won a Super Bowl. So there's only two, potentially now three. <laughs> Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Namath. And Joe. <laughs> Joe Mon- exactly. Joe Namath, Joe Montana, and now potentially Joe Burrow. So if you look for a good college to NFL quarterback, Joe. Joe Flacco as well. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, my Ravens fans out there uh, won't forgive me if I don't mention <laughs> Joe Flacco is also winning a Super Bowl. He didn't win a college championship, but he won a Super Bowl. So Joe is the quarterback name of the future. If you want your kid to be a quarterback, name Joe, him Joe. Um, and and uh, another crazy stat, uh, Zach Taylor, uh, the Bengals head coach. He's now now his third year in charge of the Bengals. His first year, they went 2-14. and 14. First overall pick, lowest pick in the draft. His, his current career win total is, I think, 33%. <laughs> it's 33%, and now he's going to be coaching this football. And that just shows you... It's why organizations like the Texans and the Jaguars and the Browns for a long time uh, and the Lions, they don't get that long-term success because... And even the Giants, like, they don't... You need to find the right head coach and stick with them and see their vision through. The right head coach and general manager. And the Bengals, they hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years, something like that. There'd never been a text message sent in all of human history that said the Bengals have won a playoff game. <laughs> like, that was the famous stat that was put out there. Um, so you've you got to find this person, and you've got to stick with them even through the shit. Like, that's why it, it really pisses me off that David Cully, the Houston Texans head coach, who proved he can coach got fired this year why Brian Flores from the Dolphins who's been building that success got fired this year because of owners egos because they think they know better than the people they hire to to coach and to manage their football teams Brian Flores is going to go somewhere and have tremendous success I wouldn't be surprised if David Culley got another shot somewhere and had tremendous success because those David Culley he had the fewest pieces to play with of any head coach I've ever seen and like they had like a band-aid quarterback and that band-aid got cut in half when Tyrod Taylor was on injured reserve half the year. They had a fourth-round or late-round dra- rookie draft pick quarterback going in there who played arguably better than the first overall pick Trevor Lawrence did throughout most of the year. Be- and he, they had added so many pieces in free agency of just like mid-tier players, cheap contracts, and they still won four games. Like, that's incredible. And those and those four games weren't against the worst teams in the league. They put some major upsets in there, like against the Chargers. Like a team that was supposed to be going to the playoffs. So yeah, I always thought that Zach as well. Taylor serves an example just, just qu- of like you need to stick with a quarterback with a with a head coach. Just quickly, I so I've always had that feeling. Jets when they let go of Todd Bowles, I was like, where where are they go- where were they going when they re- released Todd Bowles? Like it wasn't they were about eight and eight. I think I think he had three back to back eight yeah. and eight seasons, and it was like you're only going to take a step backwards because you're not taking any step yep. forward from here. So I totally agree with that that sentiment. And I, I think, just, just to get my, my one minute into this game, two massive turning points. Uh, the the screen with uh, Perrine running and scoring, I thought that was way too easy to let them back into the game. Yeah. Then I think the second one was actually, end of the first half, you've got, you know, your, I think it's one or two in goal, and they run that, Quick hitch out to Tyreek Hill gets tackled by Eli Apple, who I up until this point thought was a terrible football player. But what he's shown in the Bengals and then the statement he made from that point forward, like he had played a pretty average game until that point forward, and then decided to step up. I was like, something's actually happening here. Like the fact that they were able to stop them there, and they just never seemed to get back in the uh, the Chiefs. They never seemed to get back into that motion. I don't think again. I 
definitely don't think it was Paddy Mahomes' fault for this loss. Like, you could look at so many yeah. things. I think, like you said, I think you've made a great point. And I look at Joe Mixon especially. Joe Mixon, you know, first few runs set the world on fire for them. He was making decent yards. Then the rest of the game, he only made like two or three yards, maybe every carry. But what it was doing was, like you said, taking some time off the clock. And and I know the commentators were saying, oh, they've got to throw the ball first down. They've got to throw the ball. But what that did with all that running was set up that throwing the ball. And you just, you felt like that. Yeah. You felt like the Chiefs were had to, had to you know, you were able to change the, the game plan that the Bengals were because they knew they weren't going to run the ball. Even with, like you said, Clyde having six, averaging six yards a run. So I just think so well coached the Bengals, like you said. I think across the board, I think played perfectly. I, uh, T Higgins, especially losing uh, CJ Uzumzada, I think T Higgins stepped up. You've got the, that wide receiver. For your offensive line to give up nine sacks and then to come back, and uh, I think they gave up one, maybe two, I thought that was a big yeah. step in the right direction. They, they know they don't have a good offensive line, and they've just played so well around that so that was that was just me I was just like man really really well played by the Bengals and not poorly played again from the Chiefs like you got to think that kicker for the Bengals I don't think he other than one he hit them all down the middle I'm like that that kid's money yeah he's led them to help them get into the spot as well so I go other than that a couple of plays here and there I felt like as soon even this overtime was different I felt this overtime was different I out. I was like, I don't know if Pat Mahomes is going to actually just take this down and score like everyone kind of yeah. thought he was. I was like, something doesn't feel quite right. Like, I could see him kicking a field goal and going, hey, Joe, Joe show me what you've really got or something. Jesse Bates makes a great play. Jesse Bates has been playing incredibly and I think is uh, kind of overshadowed by the how well their offense is playing is how well he's playing at the back. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Definitely. great game. Great game from my perspective. Because I picked them as well, yeah. I thought, this is it. I'm back on top. Here I come, big dog. <laughs> well, we go from uh, we go from Zach Taylor, who uh, used to be the I believe it was the quarterbacks coach on the Los Angeles Ram. We go from the disciple to the mentor, Sean McVay, um, and this game itself was a disciple versus mentor game. With Sean McVay used to, used to be uh, under Kyle Shanahan, division rivalry. 49ers have won the last six in a row against the Rams in a 9-1 and one, um, against uh, Sean McVay coached Los Angeles uh, Rams, I think something like that. Um, oh, it might, no, it might be a little bit different than that, but I think the, the last 10 games it was 9-1. And one. And, uh, start of the game looked pretty good for the for the Rams, then the and then the 49ers scored a, a touchdown as well. So it was pretty even. Going into halftime, 10-7, barely to the 49ers. Two really good defenses going at it. And the offenses making just enough plays to sort of keep the defenses honest. Like it wasn't sort of like I go back to whenever I think of just like a defense-dominated game, I always go back to the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams, where it was just defense and it was boring as batshit. It wasn't that, thankfully. There was enough plays being made on both sides that it looked like the offenses could do things, but the defense stopped them on the critical downs and moments and made and got enough takeaways. But Going into the second half, then the 49ers score the first touchdown there, and they're up 17-7, to and 10-point deficit. Matt Stafford, you know, this is he's not a, he's not a playoff quarterback. Like, he hasn't been in the playoffs all that much up until this season. He's been one and done with the Lions three times in a row. Never really had the playoff credentials of, like, a Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. To his credit, he leads his team, and his two standout wide receivers, Cooper Cup, and Odell Beckham Jr. absolutely stepped up from Cooper Cup, just the top wide receiver in football this year. By any stretch, he's got the single season record for most scrimmage yards by a wide receiver for regular season and postseason. He's unstoppable at the moment. He's unstoppable at the moment. Two touchdowns, 140 yards, 11 catches, incredible game. Odell Beckham Jr. nine catches, 113 yards, and a tremendous catch on like key third down situations so i think overall this was a really really good game like it's not gonna it's not like the best game. i think the bills chiefs game was the best playoff game we've seen this uh this postseason but this was uh, it, it was sort of this game was an important one for the rams like building on the buccaneers game it's built building on that self-belief of yes we can 
do this yet. We're not we're not just this team that has to blow out opponents to win. We can win these tough games. We are a tough team. We're not a showy team. We are a tough team as well. And look, the defense, they didn't get a sack all game. And even some of their superstars didn't have the best stats. Like Aaron Donald only had three assisted tackles all game. He didn't even register a solo tackle. Von Miller had two ta- uh, one tackle, one assisted tackle. But what they did was they consistently put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and didn't let him get comfortable in his in his throws. And that was the key here, was the 49ers offensive line is a really good offensive line, and when Jimmy's got that enough time to make those decisions, he can make good throws. And he's got the talent that can take some of the short throws that he, he can throw a hot route to, like Debo Samuel and Kittle, to turn those into big yards. Like that Debo Samuel touchdown where it was like this tiny little screen, you thought, well, this is going anywhere. This Rams plays all around him. And he just slips through the line and just runs it down the field and scores a touchdown. You're like, yeah. <laughs> who, who does that? How do you do that? And so he, he's, can, he's got that luxury of that, but that was taken away by the pressure put on by the Rams' defensive line. And look, you know, someone said it, but I, I saw a few tweets just like, you know, the Rams went all in to get to the Super Bowl in their home stadium and it's paid off. So... Credit to them. A disappointing end for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's It feels a bit unfair that maybe the 49ers are going to move on from him because he did get them all the way to the championship game. Um, I feel like he's a, he's a little bit sort of like Alex Smith 2.0. Like Alex Smith was on the 49ers, got them to the championship game, didn't quite make it, get him to the Super Bowl, um, and then he got moved to the moved the Chiefs in favour of a, a younger, more mobile athletic quarterback in Colin Kaepernick. I feel like that's what's going to happen here with... Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's gonna, he's take, taken them to the Super Bowl, but they didn't get a ring. He's taken them to the championship game, but they didn't get to the Super Bowl. He's going to get moved on in favor of this younger, more athletic quarterback in Trey Lance. And he's going to go somewhere and have success as well. And maybe he'll get a team back to the championship game again. Maybe he'll get them to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he's good enough to get you a ring, but he's good enough to get you to the championship game situations, which is more than... I mean, you look at this year, it's more than 28 other quarterbacks <laughs> can do. So... Some teams are going to be very happy that they pick him up, um, and you know I hope he has success wherever he goes. Uh, next year, though, I, I'm really looking forward to what Kyle Shanahan and uh, his staff can do with uh, Trey Lance with the football, combining that with Debo Samuel, Kittle, with their stable of running backs. They just seemingly keep producing tremendous running backs out of nowhere. So, yeah, really excited to see the 49ers and the entirety of the NFC West next year because... If Seattle reloads with Russell Wilson, the um, the Cardinals still have got a lot of their major pieces. The Rams going to the Super Bowl and the 49ers for Trey Lance. Like, that's going to be an incredible division to watch next year. Definitely, and uh, I, think, I think my two cents, again, from this game. Uh, firstly, I think the game was summed up when the Rams are kicking their field goal to go ahead and uh, Shanahan's not even looking at it. He's starting a scheme, and that's... That was this game. Like you had two great coaches with great coaching staffs, yeah. just scheming everything, and they, it was it was it was a chess match. Like realistically, it was. Yeah. So that's one thing. The second thing, all right, motherfucker, all right. I'm coming. I don't. I don't even know his name because that's how unimportant he is to me at the moment. Matthew Stafford doesn't have a big enough arm to throw the ball down the field, so he loops one. It's a lollipop. Oh. It's a lollipop. Chikowski tart. Chikowski tart. Catch the fucking ball, man! Shit! <laughs> that, yeah. that cost me. If he catches that, 49ers probably, like, there's a very good chance yeah. they go on to win that. And I go, yeah. I I, if, I know his hands are in his head, and I normally don't go blame one person because, but that that was still, ah, oh, sorry, Steelers. That was 49er football at its best, and all they needed was that. All they needed was that. And yeah. I sat there, and, and my... Me and my, my older brother messaged me, and we we had money on. He he jumped on my on my tips. One of the very few to ever decide to do it, and went yeah. Bengals 49ers. And I said, excellent. And I said, you know what? He goes, fucking Jimmy G. I go, it's not Jimmy G. Not like you know, he's trying all he can. He's like you said, a limited quarterback. Yeah. Mister Tate, who can't catch a lollipop throw. That's a oh. pretty much tart. Is it? Sorry. It's Jaquaski tart. <laughs> Jeez, shit name, shit name, shit hands. It was a punt, catch the ball, you go to the Super Bowl. That's all I have to say about that game. He had, 
he had a great quote after the game. He, to be fair to him, he completely owned it, and he said that was my moment of truth, and I failed. Like he just he he knew, and he he's putting it all on himself. And I don't look. I don't put it all on him. I do. But that's, <laughs> like to be to be fair, if his team was good enough, he shouldn't have been put in that situation. But it's never it's never an individual. But that that play. Yeah. Think about that. I that mean, play that was... followed up by the dumb play where Jimmy Smith hits him, and it was just all downhill from there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. again, yeah. I'm taking it too far as a bit of a bit of humour, but, but it, it is. It is. It is the moment that summarises the game pretty well. Straight up, that the, the 49ers had it in their hands and they fumbled it. And like you said, Matthew Stafford did enough to get them over the line and show that they can win those gritty games. I think it was a fantastic showing because realistically, this 49ers offense isn't that great. Like. You know, look at the team and you go, man, they pull these running backs out anywhere. Debo Samuels is Mr. Do-It-All. You know, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and then you've got Jimmy J. It's not like you don't fear this 49ers offense. But then Aaron Donald, when he got all that defense together after they scored that 17-7 and just lost his plot at his defense and just, you know, said, we're going to be the reason we win the Super Bowl, uh, win this championship game. And then they went on to, to make it through. So, I mean... I think it was fantastic. What what I've got for you now is a challenge, Hughes. Just a quick little one. It's not hard, okay? Yeah. I need you. I'm going to start a timer, all right, because I want you to give us a rundown of the championship games in, 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 in under a minute, okay? So you've got a minute to give us a rundown. I'll go three, two, one, go, and then you've just got to spell out as much as you can. I'll say 30 seconds so you know at least you can change game, and then you've got to a minute, all right? Yeah. So, anything you think deserves to be in there? All right, let me get my stopwatch up. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Three, mm-hmm. two, one, go. Chiefs versus Bengals, rematch of a Week 18 or Week 17 game. Uh, Chiefs dominated the first half. They went up 21-3, to had a chance to put some points on the board before halftime and failed. Going into the second half, the Bengals made some tremendous defensive adjustments and shut down the Chiefs' explosive offense and made a couple of key takeaways, including an interception on Patrick Mahomes in overtime, which led to Evan McPherson uh, kicking the game-winning field goal in overtime. Heading now to the Rams versus the 49ers. The Rams uh, put the first points of the board, but the 49ers answered back and went into the, the halftime with a lead of 10-7. to 7. Uh, Coming out of the break, the 49ers then scored again and went up 17-7, to 7, and it looked very much like the 49ers could grind at the win, but Matt Stafford and the Rams, they came back in the game, they shut down the 49ers' offense, didn't allow them to do what they wanted to do. Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. had a tremendous game. And uh, it all came down in the end to a Jimmy Garoppolo interception on a desperation play towards the end of the game. The, f- the Rams recover it, kneel down for the win, and now it's Rams versus Bengals in the Super Bowl. Bam! Right on time. One minute exactly. Yeah. How good. So there's your one-minute rundown of the championship round. Um, and I'm sure we'll do a bit of a preview video for the Super Bowl. Um, so we can see who's actually the, the top predictor. Because it's kind of like... You know, if you predict who wins the Super Bowl, you, you've pretty much predicted it all. So even though my record may say yep. three or eleven, if I predict the Super Bowl and you don't, then I'm actually I'm actually the better tipper. You know, last try wins. That's sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I think the Wallabies have definitely. Look, I I'm, let me just think. Where I just trying to think. Is this the first Super Bowl? Where both quarterbacks were the number one overall pick in the draft. I think it might be. I don't know. Surely you would have thought they would have made a bigger deal about that, but I haven't heard that yet. I yeah, I feel like m- maybe no one's realised. Like, <laughs> and you think we're onto something? Detroit, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. We'll do some research. We'll do some re- coming into the Super Bowl preview. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, anything else for the championship round that you want to say, Husey? Yeah, look, I just have one thing to say, and that is that you're welcome, Luke. Uh, balance <laughs> has been restored. We've seen from this championship round that I have absorbed some of your negative energy and replaced it with some of my positive energy, and that's why we split our picks this week. So balance has been restored to the universe. I've sacrificed my seeing abilities to, uh, to, to break this curse on you, so you're welcome. Thank you, Hughes. Of whatever his name is, Jawaski Tiat, whatever his name is, Jawaski Tart. could actually catch a ball. I would have been two for two, and then you would have been saying how yeah. all my 
all he did was transfer it onto you. But I absorbed hey. all the, <laughs> all the negative Look, I, I, all I knew, I, I knew I absorbed some negative energy. It was just a case of how, how much. much. And so, okay. Yeah. So going forward, we'll see the actual impact that it may have taken on your soul. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. It may, it, honestly, it may have altered. I don't know if it changed my soul or if it actually altered the fabric of reality because maybe my picks before I did that would have all been right throughout the whole year. Uh, maybe now this has affected all my picks going forward and I've shifted the balance of the universe. So we're so in like a... We'll, we'll, we'll see. Another dimension, another universe. You reckon? Multiverse. Yeah, definitely. It's Sports back, booth, back multiverse. The <laughs> yeah. The most ambitious cross. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to have to go back in time and collect all the Infinity Stones and reset the timeline. Yeah. Oh, lordy. Okay, on to something that's very special to both of us. Super Rugby. 20 days away, I believe. Maybe 18, 19 days away now. Maybe even less. Yeah, I think it's on the 18th of Feb, the first game. Huge, huge game. Preseason, in most parts, has been cancelled, but we did have a preseason game. It was Hughes's Waratahs getting a win over the Brumbies. Can't make too much of a preseason game, but it's a better start than it was last year. Yep. So that is fantastic. I know preseason in New Zealand has been cancelled for most of the teams, um, which will be interesting going into the first few rounds. The fact that they haven't had hitouts. Uh, Fiji Dura was meant to be playing the Western Force. That got cancelled. Fiji Dura did a uh, internal trial, which um, has given us one of the greatest ankle breakers. Um, and I'm going to insert that clip here. I don't know. Have you seen it, Hughesy? Yeah. No, no. Oh, okay. All right. I'll flick it to you because it is one of the better ankle breakers you'll see. And it's 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 highly entertaining. I think that's what we're going to get from this Fijian team. Um, I hope so. But from this... Obviously now Western Force have made the announcement that they're heading east uh, to kind of bunker down because Perth is Perth. Um, New Zealand teams are in the same situation. They're discussing if Omicron breaks out there, that they'll all go into a bit of a bubble into Queenstown. Um, this is how I see COVID affecting Super Rugby. It's going to be like this. You're going to have most of the um, Australian teams playing on the East Coast, Victoria, all that. Um as they get all through all their games, and then you'll get all the New Zealand teams, I reckon, will end up hunkered down at some point, somewhere, not going to get much crowds in New Zealand. Then, to finish the tournament off, it's going to be New Zealand coming to Australia because they want to sell tickets, this and that. What does that mean? Great news for me and Husey because we'll be able to go to the game. So, um, fantastic yeah. news for us. For New Zealand, obviously, a little bit disappointing, but I can't see it happening any other way because of what COVID will do to New Zealand. The fact that it's not in there yet, I think they'll start shutting it down, as New Zealand has been. But yep. we are very excited. Husey, any any words from you? Very excited. <laughs> uh, look, I think the uh, I think Coleman, Darren Coleman, the new Waratahs coach, I think, look, uh, I was reading the game recap and the last time the Waratahs had won a game was a year ago when we won a pre, when we won a trial game against the, against the Reds. So <laughs> he's already broken one drought. I don't think the Waratahs will be as bad as they were last year. I think it'd be hard to be as bad as they were last year, but I think... With Hooper back, he gives that team that that he's the backbone of a, of a team. He'll make your team competitive. And I think they made. I really like the fact that they haven't downplayed that last year was terrible. Mm. That this year is like a new year. Like we we were shit last year. We're going to be better this year. It's reload for 2022. Like I, they or rebuild 2022. Whatever the motto they've had going, and they've been doing it publicly. I really like that. I like that they're embracing that aspect and just being like. We, we can only go up from here. And so uh, I'm excited to, to watch them play. I'm excited to see how some of the new additions uh, will fare. And, yeah, I mean, we've got two Wallaby flankers on the team in uh, Lockie Swinton and Michael Hooper. We've got tremendous talent at various other levels. I think we've got some rugby league recruits as well, so it's always good to get them in there. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what the Tars can do this year. Yes, and over the next now... Two weeks, three weeks going into this, we'll be doing a lot more posts around rugby, breaking down teams, and we'll do a big, big video on predictions on a bit of this and that, um, yeah. teams, what we're seeing, who we're looking forward to watching, everything like that. Um, but that is Super Rugby, very exciting. Also Six Nations, so we've got even more rugby coming at us. The Six Nations is right around the corner, uh, I believe starting next weekend, this weekend coming up, we've got Scotland versus England, 
Ireland versus Wales and France versus Italy, and there's a lot happening. Obviously, COVID over there. I know French are down a few men. Um, the English are down a few men, not just from COVID, from injuries. Um, and a young Welsh team facing a, an experienced Irish team. It's kind of anyone's game. French are the favourites at the moment uh, through sports bet, but I will be releasing a video later this week on that, so stay tuned for that. Um, just giving you a rundown of thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, any thoughts on the Six Nations? Hopefully England and France don't win. I guess that's uh, you're in the same yeah, boat as me. Yeah, I was going to say, if Wales, if, if, if Wales wins again, I'll crack out my old Welsh jersey. I got <laughs> so I... I, I it was in England. I went to Twickenham Stadium, the heart of English rugby, and I bought a Welsh rugby jersey there just to stick it. To so, yeah, hopefully Wales does well again. Good on you. Yeah, I, I guess I, obviously everyone hates England and France, and that's understandable. Mm. I'm starting to hate Ireland because they're beating us, and I don't like that. No, no one likes them, mm. you know. So I don't mind an Irish win, like in the Six Nations for the next couple of years, um, so that they can go and choke at the yep. World Cup. Um, but I, if anyone could win, I'd. I'd, I'd probably choose Italy because that would be a laugh, but I think Wales, I'd be on the back of Wales. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, you'll hear more in that video. Uh, anything else this week? I'm trying to think if is, have we missed anything. Is there anything there? Uh, Pre-season training for Knox Old Boys. Mate, I'm running the fitness the sessions. <laughs> I expect yeah. to see you on Thanks Tuesday, Husey. <laughs> uh, it's just for anyone, mate. Yeah. No, uh, no, I've got I've got other stuff I do on Tuesday. Oh, um, more important stuff. Fair yeah, enough. Look, yeah, yeah. Look, we uh, yeah we might talk about some of that during the year. Those games do get broadcasted, so definitely. Yeah, look, you know, it's it, it's always good to support local rugby. You know, no matter which uh, club you support or whatever level. So. Um, tremendous folks at uh, Clutch TV broadcast all the games across all divisions at all levels. So I think that's a really special thing that uh, rugby is doing, and I think people should really get behind it. Um, you may occasionally hear my voice commentating <laughs> some of the games, so it's another reason to tune in. Uh, but yeah, yeah look, definitely. with rugby season coming up, get behind your, your local team. If you're thinking about playing rugby again, contact... Uh, Captain Luke over here, get yourself uh, sign up for us all boys. If you're, if you're uh, good, contact me. If you're not good, yeah. <laughs> you can go to Waverley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, yeah. Look, or if you think thinking about playing again, throw your hat in the ring. I took 10 years off from rugby and threw my hat in the ring and look where I am now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, local sport is just as important as the, the top levels. So... Um, well said, Husey. Yeah, definitely, get, get behind it. definitely well said. Uh, and I, I, we will definitely do some videos around. Hopefully, yeah. if you're commentating our, our first grade of me playing, that would be awesome. But I've got some yeah. some highlights, or I guess you could say lowlights as well from last year. Um, that we'll we'll do yeah. some reacting to uh, a little later, which will be good fun. As Husey can rip me apart yeah. for my shitty play or great play, if I've. Depending how I go, um, but yeah. Other than that, I think that is us for today. Thank you for joining us yeah. for another episode, episode seven, done and dusted. Know, yeah, excellent. Uh, what a great episode number seven to talk about Ben's retirement. Oh, it's special. Seven for seven. It is. Yeah. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Peace out. See ya.